0: the Anchor Down Podcast. My name is Dustin Mills, founder Anchor Down Leadership, LLC, as well as being the head football coach at James M. Bennett High School in Salisbury, Maryland. First of all, I want to take this opportunity. I want to thank you. I think it's important to be grateful at all times in life, and I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to watch this video, listen to this podcast. I know there are a million other things you could be doing with your time, so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time and spending it with me. Second of all, I want to challenge you. I think it's important as coaches, as leaders, that we continue to grow and become better at what we do. So I want to challenge you. You may completely disagree with everything I say in this podcast. You may completely agree, both of which are equally fantastic. I just ask you to take this and think about the things we're talking about. Look at the ways that you lead. Think about the systems that you have in place and challenge them. Find a way to become better. I don't think anybody ever achieves perfection. I think we are constantly chasing and becoming better and better and better every day, especially if we're going to lead other people. So I challenge you, no matter what you think about this podcast, think about what you do and think about what you can do better. So let's go ahead and get into it. First of all, what is Anchor Down Leadership? Anchor Down Leadership is an idea I came up with that I've been working on the past few months, two years I looked around and I saw that there was a huge lack of formal leadership training, not just in athletics, but in all aspects of life. We don't necessarily promote leadership ability. We promote job competency. Why do we why do people have upward mobility? Why do they get promotions? Whether it be in education, whether it be in business, whether it be in athletics, why do they get promoted? And a lot of times it's because they're really good at their job, and that's awesome. We want the best people with the most ability, leading others. But we never really teach them to be leaders. So I looked at it and I said, you know what? We need something to fill that gap. We need something that can teach people leadership skills, leadership traits, leadership character, and leadership abilities that they can then pass on. And here's the key part, that they can pass on to the people they work with. I don't believe we exist as leaders in a vacuum. I think it's important that we share our wisdom in our knowledge, and our abilities with those underneath of us. Anchor Down Leadership, we believe in the five anchors of leadership. Selflessness, commitment, respect, positivity, and ownership. And we'll talk more about each of those in later episodes. But that's who we are, and that's what we believe in. And why the name Anchor Down? He says, why Anchor Down? Think about what an anchor does. It keeps your ship in place. There's a lot of things going on around us, right? 2020, Right? 2020. It's the joke. It's the meme. There's been a lot of things that have happened to us. So if we don't anchor down to what we believe in, if we don't anchor down to our core values, our ship's going to get tossed and thrown all over. So we need to anchor down to those character traits that we believe in, those values that we believe in. And that's why we're named Anchor Down Leadership. As I talked about why this podcast, well, this is kind of an easy way for me to share some of my thoughts with you guys. Uh, An opportunity for me to get in front of you and say, hey, here's some things to think about. Here's some things that I've seen. Here's some things that I've experienced that maybe I can share with you. I firmly believe that leadership is an action, not a position. So if I want to be the best leader I can be, I need to take action. Sure, I share it with the guys on my football program, my assistant coaches, those I teach with, although they might have some thoughts about who I am sometimes. But I want to share it with you guys. I want to lead through action, okay? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We know, I, like I touched on, there's a, there's a lack of formalized leadership training. Why is that? Well, because everybody focuses, right? Everybody focuses on job proficiency, the X's and O's. Think about it as a football coach. You go to a glazier clinic or a Nike coach of the year clinic, right? What are all those speakers there for? Oh, they're there to show you the next great technique, the next great scheme, Here's the scheme that we use, and we scored 42.7 points a game. Here's the defensive scheme we use, and we held them to 10.2 points a game. And those things are fantastic, right? we got to have solid scheme if we're going to be successful, whether that's in sports, whether it's a business plan, whatever it might be. We need to have a solid scheme if we really want to be successful. The problem is it doesn't matter how good our scheme is if our people aren't ready to go, if our people aren't developed the ways that they can be. Every scheme works, right? Think about the variety of football schemes around there. You got your wing tees, you got your three fours, you got your four four stacks, you got four two fives, you got the spread, you got the double wing, you got guys running power, you got guys arguing inside zones a better run play, you got guys throwing four four verts 13 times a game. Great, awesome. All those things work. But what makes a team ultimately successful? And I firmly believe it's the mental aspect of performance and development. It's that mental side of who you are. It's the internal part of who you are, right? I firmly believe, and we firmly believe at Anchor Down, that character will carry you when competency fails. We will all make mistakes, right? Even coaches that win state championships, that win national championships, that win Super Bowls, make mistakes, It's not about making the mistake. It's about what they do after that. What does their character say about who they are? What does their character do to help them move past that mistake and become a better person, become a better coach, become a better leader? I might make a rash rash business decision. I might decide to spend money on something that never helps the company at all. That's a mistake. But what about that? Am I going to let that drag me down? Or am I going to find a way to become better? Am I going to find a way to learn that lesson and become a better leader for my business, for my school, whatever it might be? I'm talking primarily to athletic coaches with with this uh, with this video, especially. But in reality, these same concepts apply, and that's really what I want to get across. Leadership is leadership is leadership. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter at what level. It applies. These concepts will always apply. So let's get into talking about leadership. And today we're going to talk about the number one thing a leader can do. There's there's your thumbnail, right? There's your uh, clickbait. The number one thing all leaders have to do. First of all, let's kind of define leadership. And I'm not going to give you that textbook decision or textbook definition, rather. We're all smart people here. You're watching this, so you must be somewhat smart. Just kidding. Leadership exists in a weird duality. Okay, what do I mean by that? As a leader, it is never about us. But at the same time, it is always about us. What do I mean by that, right? As the leader, we put our wants and needs secondary to what our people need, to what the organization needs, to what our group needs. What I want will always come second. But it's my skills and my ability as a leader that will help my organization be successful, okay? That's kind of a weird thing to think about, right? It's not about us, but it's always about us, okay? Well, I have a saying, hopefully some of you (laughs) use this as well. When we win, it's because I had great players. When we lose, it's because we had poor coaching. That's kind of the way it works, unfortunately. So, like I said just a second ago, what is the one thing a leader can do or let a leader must do? What's the number one thing a leader must do to have success? It's very simple. The number one thing a leader must do is set the standard. That's right. The number one thing a leader must do is to set the standard. What exactly does that mean? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. As leaders, anything we want from our organization must stem from us. It starts at the top. Whatever we want our organization to look like whatever we want the values of our team to be, the values of our business to be, the values of our school, whatever we want our organization to look like, it starts with leadership. It starts with the leader setting the standard. There's a great scene from a movie probably a lot of you have seen, Remember the Titans. You know, if you haven't seen it real quick, it's about a team that is in a racially separated area, they're forced to come together in the 1960s, and it's how they come together as a team and end up winning a state championship. I guess I should have said spoiler alert. That said, there's a scene in that movie when the team is first coming together and you've got a white guy who's a captain and you've got an African-American who's a captain of his old team and they're the two best players on the team. And the white captain says to the African-American captain, he says, you gotta fix your attitude. And the African-American, Big Julius, looks back and says, attitude reflects leadership, Captain. That has always resonated with me. That little scene right there in a movie I watched when I was a long time ago, okay? That scene has always resonated with me. Whatever I want the people around me to be like, I must set the standard. In education, we have a concept called modeling, okay? Modeling, right? We show the students this is what your project should look like. This is an example that we think you should look at, right? Modeling. We need to do the same thing as leaders. We need to do the same thing as coaches. Whatever you want the completed version to be, we need to model for our athletes. We need to model for our employees, okay? And we'll talk about some ways that maybe we don't do that here in a little bit. As an upper level leader, right? A head coach, a CEO, a president of a company, you're not only in charge of modeling for your players, right? Everybody talks about the players when it comes to a team, okay? Or the employees when it comes to a business, whatever it might be. But my question for you is, how are you investing in modeling for your assistant coaches? How are you modeling? For your other managers. That's important as well, right? We always talk about, well, what's my impact on the players? That's great. What's my impact on employees? Awesome. But what's my impact on my other assistant coaches? What's my impact on my mid-level managers or those that come underneath me? Remember, when we're a leader, we're not just leading select groups of people. We're leading everybody, and that's kind of the way it is. Furthermore, You're in charge of setting the values and culture of your organization. So when you set those values, whatever they might be, and we'll talk more about culture and values next week, whatever they might be, whatever you come up with, whatever you decide is the culture of your program, you better live it. Believe you me, you better live those values. Our players are savvy. Our employees are intelligent, right? We don't want to be hiring people aren't intelligent. We don't want to be hiring people who aren't mentally capable. So when we say, hey, these are the values you need to live by, and we don't follow through, you better believe they're going to see that. You better believe that they're going to sense that inconsistency. And when if we can't live it, they're going to know that. And we can't then preach to them, you need to live these values if we don't live them ourselves, right? Modeling, setting the standard, okay? When that happens, if they start to see that maybe you're a little bit disingenuous, that maybe you got some hypocrite in you, that's gonna destroy your organization. That's gonna destroy any credibility you have with the people underneath you, with your players, your assistant coaches, your teachers, your employees, whatever your role is. The minute they sense you're false, they're not gonna trust you anymore. And trust is the most important thing that any organization can have. So bottom line, if we want our people to do things a certain way, if we want them to live a certain way, if we want them to value certain things, we need to do it that way as well. We have to show them how to do it. We need to, say with me, set the standard right. Okay. So The question is, what if I'm not an upper-level leader, right? Coach Mills, it sounds like you're talking to head coaches and CEOs and things like that. I'm not. I promise you. And here's why, right? What if you're not that upper-level leader? You're not the head coach or CEO. You're not a high-powered decision maker for whatever organization you're part of. Maybe you're just a first- or second-year coach who's the JV assistant O-line coach or an entry-level department manager, Does all this stuff matter to you? Does setting the standard matter to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Like we just talked about, upper level leaders are responsible for setting the values and culture of a team. But you are responsible for making sure those cultures and values are consistent. It doesn't matter what the head coach wants to do. It doesn't matter what the CEO wants to do. If the people other leaders in the organization aren't following through on that, it completely destroys the organization from the inside out. You may not be the leader, but you are still a leader and the organization needs you to carry the same standards. If you hold yourself to different standards than than the rest of the organization, it's going to destroy an organization from the inside, right? If you've got 80% of your managers and people like that doing what they're supposed to do, and 20% carrying their own standards, you're still only 80% successful, even if every one of those people is at 100% all the time. I hope that makes sense. As an underlying leader, as maybe you're not the head coach, but you're the offensive coordinator, D coordinator, all the way down to the equipment manager, or the food guy for my coaches in Texas. I've never heard this before, right? Coaches in Texas have food coaches That's my job as the head coach. We don't have that big a coaching staff. But even if you're the food coach and you're just starting your path as a coach, you are responsible for setting the standard as well. Whatever the upper level leader wants, you are required to do the same. It doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree. You are responsible for carrying the same standard. Why? Because hopefully one day you become a head coach. Hopefully, one day you become that CEO. Maybe you start your own business, whatever it might be. You better believe when you're in that position, you're going to want your assistants and your managers to trust you, to carry the standards you set. So you better do that when you're in the same position. I hope that makes sense. So we're talking about setting the standard, right? And some of you, I know some of you are some fantastic coaches. You're fantastic leaders. You're great at setting the standard. You're great at making sure that you have standards and everybody is following, and that's awesome. But maybe you're not doing as well as you think. Here's an example that I've seen. I've done, okay? We preach timeliness, right? Coaches, one of my favorite lines is, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. We won't get into the, that discussion particularly. I don't particularly like that phrase anymore. I've, I've grown and matured. But if we're going to demand timeliness... If we're going to value being on time, getting places where you need to be and starting things when they're supposed to start, we'd better do that. What a lot of us do, right? We say, hey, players, you need to be here at 7.30 a.m. We're going to start meetings at 7.30 a.m. But what happens, right? We get caught up. We get caught up talking to administrator. We get caught up checking in on a student's grades. We get caught up on the phone with our spouse, right? Maybe there was an issue with daycare and I get caught up with that. Maybe it's week seven and we're just tired. Yeah, coaches are actually allowed to get tired, believe it or not. Whatever it is, those are all important things, right? But what happens is we get caught up with those. and Maybe the meeting that was supposed to start at 7.30 really doesn't get started till 7.42 or 7.45, right? Maybe I've got a meeting at, at 9.30 across town. But i got to make a sales call at 9 o'clock, and I let that sales call run long, and then I'm late to my 9.30 meeting. How can I claim I value timeliness when I'm not starting on time? I'm demanding players, and I'm there early, right? I'm there at 6.45. Hey, the meeting's at 7.30. I was here at 6.45. I'm early, right? But if the meeting doesn't start promptly, what if I sold to my players? What if I told my employees, hey, I'm going to preach to you that things need to happen on time, but we're not going to push for it ourselves. Does that mean you might have to move things along? Absolutely. We'll get into that in a different different discussion. But if you're going to say, hey, be on time, and that's your standard, you need to start on time. And, that, and there's a lot of other examples that we can talk about later on, but that's just one that was always come to mind. Because think about a practice schedule, right? you got to split up into 25, 28, 30 different periods. If you don't start those periods on time, the next thing you know, you're behind schedule. So if you're going to set the standard a certain way, you need to make sure you follow that standard. Even something as menial as starting meetings on time or things like that. A mature and dynamic leader, right, that we're trying to become is also a process-focused individual. And this is part of setting the standards versus being outcome-based. And and we'll talk more about this next week because I think this is important. But let's suffice to say that process-based focuses on development and preparation whereas outcome-based, the number one goal is to win. It's a bit simplistic, but we'll work on it. That'll work as our definition for now. Setting the standard and modeling for our people really helped strengthen our process. As players and others watch how we dedicate ourselves to the process of improvement, they're going to do the same thing. They'll seek ways to become better. They'll spend that time after practice working on individual reps, They'll spend that time pre-practice walking through offensive and defensive alignments. And that's what we really want. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, the number one job of a leader, what I say? Set the standard. That's right. However, I didn't say lead by example. Hmm, that's one you hear a lot, right? Lead by example. Most of us have heard this, and we've probably said it countless times. But why didn't I say lead by example? Well, first, I believe that as a leader... Language and words are very important. We need to be very specific in everything we say and do. Secondly, a great process-driven leader doesn't want people to be examples, right? He doesn't want copies. They don't want people to be exactly like them. You say, but I want them to be like me. Here's why you don't. We want them to still grow as their own person. We want them to maintain their individual identity. Why? Because if everybody is the same, right? If, if, if everybody acts like me, then everybody is going to be like me, have the same strengths and same weaknesses. That can be successful. Well, what really happens in a successful organization is the strengths and weaknesses complement each other. That I might be strong here, but I'm weak here. But my assistant coach is strong here and I'm weak here, right? I was the offensive coordinator for a while before I became the head coach. I wasn't Average to slightly above average play caller. I fully admit that. So the first thing I did as a head coach, I fired myself as offensive coordinator and I brought on a guy who I think is going to do a tremendous job. Why? Because my strengths lay elsewhere. That my weakness was calling plays. I was okay at it, but I wasn't as good as I think I could have been or as good as the organization needed. So the guy I brought on is, is going to be a great play caller. I have no doubt about that but I had to swallow my pride and say, I'm not going to call plays anymore. Why? Because that's my weakness. Now, if I want him to be just like me, guess what? His weaknesses are going to be calling plays. I don't want that. I want him to uphold the standard that I am setting. We want our people to uphold and live the standards we are setting, but we still want them to be their own people. We don't want to be an example. We just want to set the standard and they know, hey, this is what we have to do. I know as football coaches, we really want to try and control everything, right? We want guys to be a carbon cutout. This is what we want you to be. This is what you need to do. You need to go get it done. But does that really lead to success? All right, that leads to something we call joysticking, right? Where every play, players look to the sideline. Hey, coach, what do I do in this situation? We want our guys to be out there and do what they know to do. We want them to make plays on their own. So we want to set the standard and say, here's what we expect of you. Here's how I'm going to live my life. And you go from there. You use your skills, your abilities to make the most happen. So we don't want to necessarily lead by example. Instead, we want to set the standard. Some of you might say, coach, that's nuance. You're splitting hairs. I know, but I believe that's important. Like I said, I believe language is very important to making sure that people know exactly what they do and don't need to do. We talked about setting the standard, right? And that's difficult to do, right? It's difficult to say, here's the values we're going to live by, and then maintaining your discipline and living your life to those values. But it's imperative to do as a successful leader. There's also another part that comes with it. And maybe this is the hardest part. Once we've set the standard, we need to maintain the standard. It's not about putting the poster up on the wall one time saying, these are the core values of our program. These are the core values of our organization. That's all great. But if you're not maintaining those standards, if you're not forcing people to live by those standards, then you're just wasting your time. And it's important that we hold everybody to those standards. And I mean everybody and everyone, right? We talk about discipline, how we'll treat everyone the same. But how many times have we let a standard slide because of a special case? Or maybe we needed their talent. You claim to have standards, but then the night before a rivalry game, your best player shows up late to pregame practice. Or maybe your best salesman, right, in the business world, gets a DUI one night. Or maybe your assistant coach gets caught cheating on his significant other. Or maybe your own child on the team violates a very minor standard, and you're the only one that knows. All these situations are things I've seen leaders have to deal with. All of these things have happened before, and I assure you, will happen again. It's very easy to say, hmm, that's my kid. No one else will know. Hey, we'll just, we'll just move on past it, okay? Hey, you're the best player. I know you're 20 minutes late, but you know what? Uh, you're still going to start, you know? You're a great assistant coach. I realize you've got some, some issues you're dealing with at home, but we just, just try not to talk about it, and don't let the papers find out. Don't let the media know. If we start doing that, and we start letting our standards slide... I assure you, what happens in the dark will come to light. People will find out what's going on. And again, it's just going to destroy your credibility. So it's not fun. It's not pleasant. Discipline and holding people to a standard is messy, but it is a key component to love and development. It is one of the most important things that we can do with our players, with our staff, with our employees, with our managers, with our teachers, anybody that we are leading. We have to force them to stay up to that standard. Why? Because the minute we start to erode those standards, things are going to go downhill quickly. To summarize everything we talked about today, it's this. Determine your values as a leader. and We'll talk more about that next week and your values as an organization. Decide on a standard and hold yourself to that standard first. Make sure you are following that standard and doing everything in your power to be the model for everybody to look at, okay? Again, model, not example. A model is a representation. Here, we want you to look something like this. An example is we want it to look exactly like this. We don't want examples, we want models, right? Set the standard through your actions, your words, and your attitude. Then hold everyone else in the organization accountable to that standard. That is the number one job of an effective leader. That is the number one thing a great leader will do. Without this, nothing else matters, no matter how good a leader you are. I'll give you one example about this. Uh, Grew up in a military family, lived around the world, right? Dad was a Navy officer. It's kind of convenient. I coach at a school where an anchor is the mascot, comes in handy. A huge fan of Navy football. 2011, Navy was struggling. They had some good seasons before. 2011, they were really struggling. Their senior captain and leading rusher committed a violation. What did he do? Well, there was a few other minor things. They lost to Air Force, which if anybody follows academy football or follows a commander-in-chief's trophy, you know how big the Navy Air Force, Army Air Force, and Navy Army games can be. Navy lost to Air Force, and over time, they missed an extra point. It was a whole big hullabaloo. Their leading rusher and senior captain walks off the field before the Air Force alma mater plays. Now, at the end of every uh, academy game, they play the alma maters of each school. The losing team listens to their alma mater first, and the winning team listens second. The goal is always to sing second. This Navy captain of the football team, the senior captain, leading rusher, left the field before listening to the Air Force alma mater. At every other school in America, this is probably not a big deal. At every other college football program in America, this is probably not a great Deal. He'll probably get called in the office, but bygones be bygones. Not at Navy. They set a standard, and Coach Ken Niamatololo, who I firmly believe is one of the great leaders of our generation, is one of the most underrated coaches in college football today, decides that in a season where we are struggling and we've got a tough game this weekend, he is going to suspend his leading rusher and senior captain for a game. Do you think that hurt the program? Absolutely. The score that weekend was not pretty for a variety of reasons. But he said, this is the standard we have set, and we're going to live by that standard. It was his best player and his, one of his best leaders. And He said, you will be held accountable, and you will sit a game. How many of us could have made a similar decision in that circumstance? Again, a violation that in most places, probably not that big a deal. But at the Naval Academy, a huge deal. And Coach Niamontalolo had set that standard, and he was going to hold people accountable to that standard. So I think it's very important that we keep that in mind when we are setting these standards. We have to hold everyone accountable. The number one responsibility of any effective leader is to set the standard and maintain the standard. That's the number one thing that we can do if we want to be successful. Now, there is a lot more to talk about leadership in future weeks, gang. There's a lot more we're going to cover the individual character traits, the five anchors of leadership, things like that. But I wanted to start with that and understand that nothing else we talk about in the next few weeks matters if you don't set the standard and maintain the standard for your organization. Again, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, I hope that you got something out of this. If you didn't, that's okay. There's going to be a lot more. Uh, I really would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Maybe, hey, Coach Mills, this was a great point, but what about this? Hey, Coach Mills, you're completely wrong. Here's what I think. All those things are awesome. So here's where you can find me right here at the following places. On Twitter, my personal is at Dustin W. Mills. Okay. Anchor Down Leadership is at AD underscore leadership. On Facebook, uh, you can search my name, Dustin Mills, or at Anchor Down Leadership to find that page. Instagram, at AD underscore leadership. Sensing a theme here, I'd hope. Uh, my website, AnchorDownLeadership.com, and my email through that website is Dustin at AnchorDownLeadership.com. Again, I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you thought about this week's episode. Any constructive criticism you have, thoughts, maybe it's about the production quality of this video. I'm learning video editing on the fly here, guys, so I'd appreciate any tips you might have. Any questions you have, I'd love to talk to you or maybe you'd love to have uh, Anchor Down Leadership come work with your program, whether in person or in the era of COVID uh, virtual learning. Uh, We could work with your program virtual. Look at some of the systems that you use. Talk to you individually as a leader and find ways that you can become better, you can grow better leaders, and that you can take your organization to the next level. So thank you again, all right? And I want to leave you with this. Be sure to always challenge the status quo think outside the box, keep finding new ways to challenge yourself, and anchor down to your core values. Have a great week, everybody.